T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It was good, y'all. Said lover. Come on, son, the podcast. Doing this one on Zoom. Um, just setting everything up. Got special guests joining me. My man, Diamond D. Legendary. Super legendary. Grammy Award winning. I would say composer, and I would say definitely say that Diamond is a, a producer. I would say that Diamond D is here, so let's get to it. Come on, side, side, side. Sir, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing well, love. Come on, son, the podcast. As I told y'all, joining me today is a legendary producer, writer, composer, architect of hip-hop, a Grammy Award-winning producer, the one and only Mr. Diamond D. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, it was good seeing you the other day. Yes, sir. We was at Queen's Day the other day together having a good time. And right. I see you in the lab right now. What are you working on? Yeah, yeah. Um... Right now, I'm cooking up some things for the Don Peach 3. Um, okay. I just sent B-Real um, a nice joint. He just sent me the vocals back, so I'm going to try to touch up on that one. Okay, so you're working yeah. with B-Real from the legendary group Cypress Hill. Yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Now, what is Don Peach 3? What is that all about? It's a continuation of 1 and 2, where I work with different MCs, you know, from different eras, and um, I just basically produce all the music. Okay. Let everybody, let everybody else do it. And, you know, I just make sure the music is, is what it's supposed to be. How, how do you go about picking which MCs you want to work with? Good question. Well, obviously, I got to be a fan first. And um, I don't really, really have no process. Like, you know, I'm, you know I, I, I'll, make a, I'll make a track or some track and just think to myself who would sound good on that. Okay. So, so who, so who right. have you worked with on the, on the previous joints? Oh man, uh, Styles P, Exhibit, Twister, uh, um, Snoop, okay, Raheem Devon, uh, Fat Joe, uh, a lot of people. Is it has it been difficult to get these people to do this music, or is it because of your integrity that most of the time they say yeah? Yeah, you know, basically, I just reach out to I, I reach out to cats and. Um, they get back to me, Ed. You know, not everybody, but for the most part, they get back to me. 
That's that's a beautiful thing. Who hasn't yeah. gotten back to you that you wanted on a track? Nah, I'm not going to shout them out. You know I, mean? <laughs> I tried. I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not going to do that. So you, you said Fat Joe, but you have a long relationship with Fat Joe. When did that relationship start? Do you remember what year? Um, probably in the '80s with us doing graffiti together. Oh, you and Joe were both. What were you writing? Were you writing Diamond D then? Nah, nah. Uh, back then, I was writing Z Rock. Okay. Yeah, all over the fucking projects. In the and South what, what was what was Joe writing? Uh, he was writing crack. Just C R A C K. Crack, like like the drug crack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what he was writing all over the place. Right. Yeah. I was going to the layups in New York and tagging up trains and all of that. He, he was. I I wasn't on that level. I was just local. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I knew I knew Joe since like like you know the mid to late eighties definitely. And how did that go from, <coughs> excuse me, how did that go from graffiti to hip hop? Well, you know, we 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 were always into hip hop, you know, whether it's graffiti or dancing, break dancing, or you know, um, doing electric boogie back then. And um, fast forward a few years later, um, he approached me. I, I had already worked on Law Finesse first album with uh, Premier and Showbiz, the Funky Technician. So he knew I was, you know, he, he knew I was dabbling in the music. And he approached me about 92. And um, it started off with us doing promo for Red Alert. And um, Chris Lighty heard it. And then basically that led to Joe being signed over there at uh, Relativity. Okay, so, but before that, you said you had worked with Lord Finesse. Right. On his album. Was this well, his, his first, first album? Yeah, correct. First album. How did you connect? How did you connect with Lord Finesse? Um, DITC, you know, we wow. we all from the same hood. We all have okay. the same projects. You know what I mean? So, you know, he was right there along the way. So let's let's go back. How did you start? How did you start producing? Man, you know, like most you producers. Did? Well, you know, not like most producers. I was, you know, I, I started off DJing first. You know what okay. I mean? You know, most. Most most good or prolific producers were DJs at some point. Um, and I guess about maybe like around 1990, 91, when we did Law that first album, that's when I really took it seriously. Well, who did you who did you admire as a producer? Because you know, a lot of DJs really they don't, they don't. I, I was a DJ for a long time. I didn't start yeah. producing, I never produced. You know what? Um, I was around Jazzy J. Okay. In the Bronx, yeah. You know, Jay had a label, Strong City Records. He signed yeah. me to his signed me to his label. Uh, of course, Masters of Ceremony was over there. You know, for those who don't know, that was Grand Poobah's first group. Is that how you met Poobah through Masters of Ceremony? Yeah, correct. Yeah, all through Jazzy J. Okay. And um, you know, he, uh, I would watch him. I would watch him put you know put beats together, and um, I just picked it up real quick. So that's all all you guys in the Bronx and Harlem? That's all your, your whole clique? Digging in the crates? Um, Big L is from Harlem, OC from Queens. Right. Uh, and um, and you got Law Finesse from the Bronx? Yeah, Law Finesse. Yeah, we all, we all from the same projects, Forest Projects. Me, all of this talent grew up in Forest Projects? Me, Law Finesse, Fat Joe. Andre the Giant lived in Patterson Project not too far. Showbiz lived a block away. Yeah. 
Listen to all y'all talented dudes come out of one area. That's incredible. Yeah, that's crazy, no doubt, yo. So fast forward, y'all was doing y'all was doing uh promos for Red Alert. Fat right. Joe Rob, Fat Joe robbed on one of the promos. Yeah, yeah, he robbed. We, we did three of them. Okay, we did three of them, and um, he had, he had a buzz on the street just from those. And then he went to the Apollo, and he won about three or four times in a row. Which you can imagine, Ed was huge for a Puerto Rican to do at the Apollo back then. Right. E even still. Right. Rapid. Word. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. So Chris Lighty picked them up. Um, Chris was managing me also at the time as well. So you know, it all just gelled together. Right. So how did you meet Chris? Is Chris? I know Chris is from the Bronx also, isn't he? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I met Chris at a Tribe Called Quest concert um, at the Apollo. Get out of here. Yep, and um, I just I had just got signed, and I was like, "Yo, I need management," and you know, I already had a deal, so I just right. tried to do his lap. <laughs> yeah, that was easy, right? Yeah, no doubt. So you were on what Strong City? No, not well. At this point, I, I was on Mercury. Okay. Um. Yeah, I was on um Chemistry Mercury. How did uh, that back, deal? Yeah, yeah, back then, um, Ed OG was over there. Right. You know what I mean? This this is early nineties. So how did that deal come about? How did you end up over there? Um, basically, I was um, I was doing a I was doing a demo deal for somebody that they wanted to sign. Okay. And I spit on, and, and I spit on one of the joints, and the A and R Brian Chen he had just came over from from, from um, Priority Records. Mm -hmm. Um, he heard it. He was like, "Yo, you know." I want you to come down to the label. So I'm thinking I'm going down there to get a check for these motherfucking beats. Right. And when I get down there, he's like, yo, we want to offer you a deal. Did the and guy I, that you demoed out, did he get the deal? Nah, he didn't get the deal. He never got a deal. So you no. ended up with his deal. That's crazy. That's the truth. That's crazy. Too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. My man Joe Control back uh, from the Bronx. Did they know that you produced those beats? Yeah, yeah, no, nah, they, they knew I was doing the beats, but you know, they, they didn't know that I, you know, that I was fucking around on the mic a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? And 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 that's what led to me ultimately being signed over there. And then you meet Chris Lighty and Joe wasn't, Joe had, did he sign Joe already or was Joe just getting signed? Joe wasn't signed yet, but but we were in the studio, you know, recording songs and things of that nature. Right. And I also, I also um, featured Joe um, on my first album, that's that's the first time he appears on a major, on Stunts, really? Blunts, and Hip Hop, on a song called Past That Shit. Okay, so you featured Joe on Stunts, Blunts, and Hip Hop. Hip -hop. Did you did you produce Flow Joe for Joe? I did, yeah. Yep. Wow. I did like the majority of the album. Really? Yeah. About seven joints. How do you, how do you, and this is after Stunts, Blunts, and Hip Hop? Right, yeah. So your joint yeah, comes yeah, out um, Best kept secret is before Flojo. Oh wow! A, a few months, right? And then when, when when Sally came out, it's around the same time as Flojo and Watch the Sound, right? Ninety three, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys are just working, putting out, just putting out music, man. Right, and you know, it, just from you know from the same project, you know, doing demos together, you right? Know, just dreams we all had, and you know, everybody, everybody made their mark. Everybody's still living in the projects at this time. Yeah, at this point, yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm. So when Stunts, Blunts, and Hip Hop came out, you were still living in the project, right? Well, I, I had just left. I had just left. You just was, was the deal that good? It enabled you to, to move. Well, I was I was doing a lot of production. 
Okay, tell you know, me some of the people who you were producing for. Um, Grand Nubians, Punk Ship Up to Get Beat Down. Right. Um, KRS, uh, KRS One Joints, um, The Alcoholics, Far Side. Right. Um, you know, damn near everybody. Apache. You know, uh, I, 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 I was I was doing a lot of work. Right. So um, yeah. What were you I, What were you charging back then, Diamond? How much a track? Maybe like five grand back then. Really? Yeah, yeah. About five, five grand. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 1990 what 92 93 92 93 that's some damn good money back then bro yeah yeah no doubt i went right, right to riverdale in one of the buildings with the doorman and all that <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go far away from the bronx though you went right yeah oh no no you still in the bronx but you know yeah. when, you, when you cross marble hill everything changed it's just riverdale quote right unquote. yeah <laughs> Still the Bronx though, but it's yeah, no question. No, no you got you go that door, man. Like, oh shit, I didn't know this was up here like that. Right. Yeah. Those you got that door, man, is considered Riverdale. Man, you already know. You got right. the you got the um Excelsior story you told me. Yeah, absolutely. When I moved to Jersey, I moved out of Jersey City. I went to the Excelsior in Hackensack. I knew mm. I made it when I had that door, man, baby. Right. <laughs> when they got a buzz up to your apartment and tell you somebody's downstairs, that's when you know you're all right right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's around the same time, too. That That's absolutely... Yo, what, what, is, is, is that near, like, Prospect Avenue? It's right on Prospect. It's 140. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, be over there. I'll be over there. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's 140 Prospect. That's right down the street from, from Hackensack Hospital. That's where right. Both of my youngest kids were born in that hospital. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, that's right down the block. Like, and Crazy. Me, me and the late Todd one both lived over there. Big Bub lived over there. Mm. Jason Williams lived over there. The late Drazen Petrovich from the Nets was my next door neighbor. Crazy. Time. Guy Wood from 5001 Flavors lived downstairs. We were mm. all in the same building, man. All of us. Yeah, yo, Hackensack is like right there, 20 yeah. minutes from the city. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody was in Hackensack for, for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no yeah, doubt. So that, was, that was a good thing. And when the Sugar Hill crew. Yes. <laughs> But you know the Sugar Hill crew had a lot more money than than everybody else. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, they they, they was over there. Yeah, Sylvia Robinson and the family, and yeah, they all they all had a a gang of money over there from from yeah. Sugar Hill Records. That's right. The early influence of you in hip hop were who? Um, I would say definitely the Bomb Squad. Okay, I'm talking about producers now. The Bomb yeah. Squad, of course. Um, Marley Moore. 45 King. Right. Shout out to Mark the 45 King. Right. Uh Prince Paul, of course. You know, Paul C. You know, Shout that, out to him. Yeah. Yeah, that that late 80, late 80s, right before the 90s curve, right there. Right. So you know how was I mean? your how was your approach to producing different than theirs? Uh well, you know, I was always digging. You know, okay. That's how, you know, that's how we got our name. But you know, digging just just, just just thinking outside the box. You know, not just picking up George Clinton or James Brown. Right. You know what I mean? Just thinking outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, I was a big a big tribe fan and a fan of their production. Yeah. So, you know, albums like that, um, the Jungle Brothers, of course, um, just opened back then. Just just opened your eyes. You know, to to a wide assortment of music that can be utilized. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you hear some tribe called Quest Joints, 
and you hear Q-Tip go, Ron Carter is on the bass. And you know Ron Carter's a jazz dude. Right. He had Ron Carter come and playing bass on his records. Yeah. And, you know, they digging, and Prince Paul and you guys were all, like, really digging in the crates. Was it important yeah. to you as a producer to find stuff when you were digging that wasn't already used? Of course. You know, that that's it, it's just like, you know, at one time, when 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 you when you were DJing, and you might and Ed, you know, you might you might have found a break that you know dudes in your in your neighborhood wasn't up on. Right. And God forbid you found doubles of them. Right. You know what I mean. So it, uh, it's the same. You know, I, I carried that same thing over in, 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 into into production with the sampling thing. Yeah. Where did, where um, would you look for records at? All over the place. Um. Yeah. Like you know, um, thrift shops. Um. Record fairs, we 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 would we, we would hit the record fairs in the early '90s. Me, Q-Tip, Buck Wow, Wow, uh, Laura Finesse, King Capri, everybody, Jay Dilla, Rashad. Um, so record know, the fairs, beat, the beat mining, anybody who was anybody. There's a lot of young people conventions. I might be listening to this podcast that don't know what a record fair is. Please explain. Right. What that is. Okay. Yeah, that's like you know. It's a, it's, it's a place where you have record dealers come and they sell vinyl. Okay. You know, hard to find vinyl, rare vinyl. Um, you know, and, and this is this is early to mid-90s, 93, 94, 95, uh, 96. So um, if you were in the know, in the, in the small click of producers that we know we all pushed each other. Right. Um, definitely made it your business to be there you know it, it was competitive but, but at the same time you know you took it seriously because this was this was your craft right and it was and y'all were all digging in the crate so you said everybody Tip, rashad jay Dilla, pete rock pete rock um buck wild buck wild you no know, lord finesse I, I said kid capri yeah 45 king yeah um even people that, that, that I'm not even mentioning off top. I mean, everybody was there. The beat miners, right? Lord Professor, you know what I mean. Usual suspects. Yeah, so you dudes were just running around. Did y'all? Did y'all say, "Hey, yo, I'm gonna meet you there," or did when you turn around and somebody's already there, you be like, "Yo, what's up?" But you, in the yeah, break. well, nah, you know, it it, it opened like six thirty seven. Okay. You know, some dudes was there, you know, fucking five thirty. Wait. Wow. <laughs> yep. Kid Capri got, got a hotel. Kid Capri got a room one night just so he can be there in the morning. No kidding me. Yeah, definitely. That you ask him. That's how serious Kid Capri was about trying to find them joints. Yeah, definitely. Shit rubbed That's off crazy. on him too. What's up, y'all? This is your boy, boy Ed Lover, and I'm going to give you the heads up on Cactus Plant Flea Market's latest collabo with McDonald's. Just in case you're not familiar, Cactus Plant Flea Market is one of the best and highly recognized and respected leading streetwear brands out right now. Their drops are always highly anticipated and co-signed by some of the biggest names in hip-hop culture. Now you can be a part of the Cactus Plant Flea Market Wave simply by ordering the Cactus Plant Flea Market box on the McDonald's app. You can choose a Big Mac or a 10-piece chicken McNuggets with medium fries and medium drink. Plus, every box has an exclusive Cactus Plant Flea Market collectible. Plus, you can buy at McDonald's Cactus Plant Flea Market merch at cpfmcdonalds.com. Order your Cactus Plant Flea Market box on the McDonald's app for your chance at drops you don't want to miss. 
The more you order through the app, the greater your chance to win the exclusive McDonald's and Cactus Plant Flea Market merch. Sweepstakes ends 10-30-2022 at 11.59 p.m. Refer to rules at mcdartistresidency.com for no purchase instructions. Purchase entry only available using the MCD app. Must be opted into my McDonald's rewards. Entry is limited to one time per day. The Cactus Plant Flea Market Box available at participating McDonald's. Dancing crew, trip for two, nail the final interview. Game with Doug, brand new mug. Come here, kid, give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. Boosters designed for COVID-19 variants are now available. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster appointment as soon as you're eligible. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Whether it's your kicks, your clothes, or anything else, going with the best gives you that swagger and confidence to be yourself, to be bold, and to live large. Living large is all about being authentic, cool under pressure, and prepared for whatever comes your way. You always got to be the man with a plan, and when life throws those special moments at you, you can't accept anything less than the gold standard. Magnum Large condoms help you play it cool and stay protected. Magnum. Live large. Look for Magnum condoms wherever condoms are sold. Go Peak Real Brew Tea is here to unleash your sense of try, to ignite new passions and rekindle old ones. So try a Gold Peak and then try something else because this taste is worth the try. Try Gold Peak. Come on, sides, sides. Yeah, yeah, because that was the thing. And, you know, Kid Capri is still one of the most underrated producers out there because Kid yeah. Capri has done, done some drugs. You won a Grammy in 1996. What you won your Grammy for? Um, For my work with the Fugees. I did the title track, The Score. So you did The Score. Right, the title How track. How did that happen? Um, Tell me the story behind the song, bro. You know what? I'll give you the short version. It's not really no long one, but... um. I'm hanging out at the tunnel in New York, downtown, the infamous tunnel. Right. And somebody tapped me on my shoulder. I turn around, it's Wyclef. I kind of recognize him, but I don't. But you know, um, he introduced himself. The Fuji's wasn't really, really, really popping. Salam Right. But they had that one joint. Right, Mona Lisa. Lisa. Can I get a date on Friday? Right. Right. So I recognized him from that. And he was like, yo, you know. You know, I like your beats, you know, I, I, I would love to hear something. So about a week later, uh, him and Proz came to the 45 King's house downtown in Midtown. I just met them there. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't want them to come up to the Bronx and all that. So I met right. them down there and um, I gave them, I gave them um, a dad tape. That's a digital audio tape, for, you know, for those who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I think it had like three three beats on there, and that was one of them. Oh wow! And um, yeah, and then I went out to the to the studio they had that Wyclef had in um in, in um East Orange, New Jersey, in the basement, the Booger basement. I think the it's Booger it basement, called. right? Right. And um, yeah, they they were like in, they were in the middle of recording the score. You know, no, nobody knew it was going to be as big coming off a flop. Nobody, right? You know. It was just a lot of it was a lot of good music and high hopes. Yes, sir. 
you know, you know what's but, funny about you know that back guy? back then you know if a label was really into you they they they'd give you another shot. Yeah, but you, you know, know I interviewed Prods for this very same podcast a few years ago, mm-hmm. and Prods said that Salam Remy remix saved yeah. their entire careers. Oh, no question. The, the label was going to drop them. Listen, that's the only song me and you remember. We, we just said that. Yeah. You know, that, that, that was the joint that he did, the remix. Yeah, and then you go on and you do the score. Did you think anything of it after you did it? Or you just like, okay, did you say, yo, this is going to be crazy. This album's about to be ridiculous. Nah, you know, I, I, knew, I knew it was some strong joints on there. Definitely the crossover appeal. But again, you know, no, none of us had a clue. Of course, the album the album was saturated with samples that weren't cleared. Right. So all of their money was tied up. Mm-hmm. So a way for Sony to release some funds to them, because that money was tied up at that point. You know, Sony gave them more solo deals real quick. <laughs> so they were they were able to open the budgets up that way. Right. That's when Proz had the carnival. Proz right. had Ghetto Superstar and Lauren with the miseducation. Right. Because that's so, part that's part of the reason how them solo deals happen so quick. Because of the score and the success of the score. What did the, the score do? The sale was being tied up. And what did the score do? Over 10 million? Over 20. Wow. Yeah. And this is physical records. These are people actually going to the store. Right, right. Vinyls you, and C, vinyl CDs and cassettes. Wow. Over 20 million people bought that album. Crazy. That's over, no, over, the, over, over, over the course of time, yeah. Right. So are you surprised now by how music is rated? Like when you hear somebody say somebody went platinum, it takes so many streams to go platinum, though. Man, I still, I still ain't figured that shit out. <laughs> it's ridiculous, yo. You know, you, you know, you, you get a million streams and you get like a, a check for four thousand dollars. Wow. I mean, you know, that's that's some people's monthly bills. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it takes you up to a million streams to get it, and then you gotta get it on the platform. And people are like, How do you get it on the platform? So you got people controlling algorithms and people controlling what people listen to. Through right. streaming. So do you really like the record or is it just that it's being programmed to you? Right. You know, yeah, even even a streaming site, they all got little, you know, little um uh what are they called? Playlists. Right. And those playlists, like you said, you know, they they, they fit a specific algorithm, whatever you're into. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find it difficult now at this point in your career to get records like Don Peace Heard? Don Peace Three? No, because you know I already have a fan base. I already have a following. Okay. So you know, so you know, I steered them. You know, I steered them where they need to be. Right. You know, but you know, it. it but it's fair to say, if 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 you're a boom bap artist, uh huh. You know, uh, most of your music is gonna be played on Sirius XM, the satellite. Okay. For the most part. Right. You know, a few a few key markets, you know, may open up to you. If the songs, if the if the songs are strong enough, uh huh. You know what I mean. But you know, yeah, you know, it's definitely dudes out here doing it. You yeah. know, of course, of course, you see what Griselda's doing. Yes, sir. Have you worked you know, with them with, without yet? without any really um, airplay or any top urban stations? You know, yes, sir. just a strong strong fan base, and that satellite. Have Have you worked with them yet? Yeah, um, me and Westside Gun, we got to join on my new album. 
Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. We got a joint in the new album. It's called Faithful. Okay. Yeah. We got we got we got to talk about that. Did he reach out to you or or what happened? Nah, you know, I, I reached out to him. Okay. And he was like, yo, Diamond, that, that's right. gotta, yo, that's have to be a beautiful feeling for you after all of these years to reach out to people, to reach out to Snoop and Snoop go, yo, Diamond, of course, to reach out to West Side Gun. He goes, of course, Diamond, like, no problem. Yeah, you, you ain't lying, Ed. You know, dead ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't take it for granted either. You know, right. but like you said, for me to be in the game this long and, you know, to be able to reach out to artists like that and, um, you know, and they come through, it, you know, that's that speaks for itself. Because I heard Snoop on, on he was on somebody's podcast, and I think right. the guy asked him, how much does he charge for a feature? And he was like, $250,000. That's just to do the record, and it was extra for him to jump in the video. I was like, damn. Well, you know what? He got 26 million, 26 million um, followers on, on Instagram. Right. So, you know, whatever he going to charge you, you know, just to take, you know, look at it to, to the followers he got. Right, and if he jump on and he drop it, that's probably at least half of those people that's going to listen to it. Yeah, or at least put eyes on you. Yeah, and he'll definitely put some eyes on it, right? Right. So you know, yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah. But also, I also reached back and I got my man Pasta Noose on a new album. Oh my God! And you know he don't do too many features, eh? Yes. Yes. You know what I mean, and you yeah, know what people man. always I see people on social media always say relationship goals. And they'll put up a picture of Beyonce and Jay-Z and something like that. I'd say yeah. my relationship goals is De La Soul. If you can stay together as long as De La Soul has. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, the lock, the locks are close. The locks are close, but they're not, they're not, they're not, they got they're a couple not, they, of years. They're like 89. The locks yeah. are like mid-90s. That's right. Right. De La is, De La came, I was just getting on your own TV raps. That was 89. Mm. And I right. think they came before. They came in 88. Possibly, I think yeah. <laughs> potholes in my lawn. Yeah, right. Yeah, potholes, no doubt. Yeah, potholes in my lawn. I believe was eighty eight because we were playing me, myself, and I. Right. And I was eighty nine, and they still be together all That's the time, right. still That's touring, right. still love each other. Even when Mitchell had a son playing in the NFL right now, and these cats are still together. still doing their thing, still doing yeah. their thing. That's crazy. That's a long ass time, bro. Yep. And especially Diamond, when you heard no real infighting. Yeah. You've yeah, never heard one of them say they're not fucking with the other one. I mean, if it was, it didn't really it didn't really get out. Right. <laughs> That's a testament so, to they stay in power. You of need, course. We didn't get them cats they flowers. Yeah, no, nah, you know, no doubt. Definitely. And Definitely. they and they still nice on it. You know what I would love to bring back Diamond, and I think. It kind of went left, but I think if we could get some people to really do it the right way, when when VH1 was doing the hip hop honors, that was very dope. Yeah, definitely. But then they started really trying to depend on new artists to bring eyes on it, and the artist wasn't. Yeah, really, no, you got to I mean? balance, got to balance it out. Yeah, and I and I understand that, but I would love for for the hip hop honors to come back because uh, to give to pay homage to the people that really put it down in the beginning of hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah, you talking about like what 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 what, what era are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about all the eras, bro, because okay. you know, I'm quite sure you heard what DJ Academics had to say about some of the older artists. How, how what did you feel about that? 
I, I thought I thought I thought it was crazy, you know, a, a little, you know, a little disrespectful, you know, to say the least. Right. You know what I mean? You know, you can't can't diss the people who came before you and put it down, you know, and and you know, made a way for us to make a living. Right. Why why do you feel like it's like that now, Diamond? Because I don't think we did that. I don't feel like we dissed Mel and them. I don't think we dissed her. No, well, we we, we didn't. We didn't. You know, I you know, I, I I don't I don't I don't know when when that when that line was crossed, but um definitely we didn't do it coming up in the early nineties. We right. didn't diss we didn't diss Rock Kim or Kane or you know or KRS one or right, Flick you know, Rick or none nah, of them. Right, right. So we stood on the on the shoulders of giants, right? That's right. You know, Rakim is still a god MC in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. You know Always what I mean? Always will be. Always will be. Exactly. And if you look at the if you look at the transition of hip hop and the way hip hop went, you look at Snoop, and you can say Snoop's direct lineage is Rick the Ruler. Yeah, definitely. And that's Snoop why he went in. Snoop would tell you that um, Rick was one of his favorite rappers. Right. That's why he went in years ago and did Lottie Dottie over. And right. you can look at you can look at Rakim and say how many people Rakim gave birth to. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Nas that's, is definitely yeah. a direct descendant of Rakim. That's right. That slow definitely. flow came mm -hmm. from Rakim. That's right. That yeah. monotone slow flow that Jay-Z adapted, that Biggie adapted, that Nas adapted, that Prodigy and Havoc adapted, all of that flow, that's Rakim, bro. Mm. That's Rakim. Because if you remember everything, you remember everything was aggressive. You guys came out after the R and y'all right. and EPMD too. And y'all yeah, no everything down yeah, yeah, for yeah. clarity. Y'all mm. weren't as aggressive as early LL. Right. The early LL yeah. was aggressive. Running I need a beat and all that. Yeah, running them was aggressive. Right. Ha! You know what I mean? Curtis yeah, Blow, yeah, yeah. they were aggressive. You guys were more <laughs> laid back. I'm the best kept secret. Dun, dun, dun. You know what I'm saying? Y'all right. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that that that's that, that that's that, that's your man, Big Mel. Right, but y'all still never diss Mel. Nah, him. never. Because no. Mel is one of the fiercest MCs ever, bro. No question. Right. Yeah, no question. And I credit Mel all the time because if you think about what hip hop was back then, when you had Busy B, Lovebug, Starsky, DJ Hollywood, you had them cats. Them dudes was always like, you know, they was always call and response. That kind of DJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Mel, Mel was one of the first to like you know to do a joint and not talk about himself, right? Just more or less talk about his surroundings, rhymes. You know, yeah, that that, that was a big song. The message, yeah, yeah the message, yeah. the way yeah. message opened it up for people to talk reality rap. Mm. That's what I say. But for right. me, Mel was always, to me, I will always say, besides the routines with the Furious Five, Mel was the first guy to actually give you rhymes that didn't have anything to do with crowd participation it wasn't right. a nucleus me and superman had a fight we all knew the rhymes i said the right 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 is the same rhyme. <laughs> you know what i mean mel gave you rhyme and rhyme yeah. structure yeah, you know, that's I, tell, right. I tell this all the time at diamond i'll share this with you i told mel this i said mel i heard a child is born with no state of mind on a tape uh, that my cousin had my cousin was from the bronx i was out in queens and I memorized that rhyme and I took it back to high school. 
And they right. were beating on the table in the high school. You remember that? And everybody would gather the cipher and rhyme. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. On the I table. that rhyme, and motherfuckers thought I was the nicest motherfucker to ever <laughs> <laughs> Years later, motherfuckers were like, yo, that was Melly Mel's rhyme. Yeah, uh-huh. Hell uh, yeah. You had the tape? You had the tape? I had the tape. Uh, Tapes floated around, man. That's right. I had the tape, bro. I had yeah. the tape. But bro, I ain't gonna hold you, man. I appreciate you spending some time with me. We're gonna do this again once I get to set and everything. Yeah, no doubt. Drinks, smoke a little yeah. something, and me and you gonna kick back and, and 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 talk for about two hours or so. Yeah, man. Let's do it again, man. It's always a pleasure. E. Always a pleasure, my man Diamond D on the podcast. It's come on, son. The all podcast right. all day, Diamond. I love you, brother. All right, peace, my brother. Peace, all my right. brother. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.